0: Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio, brought to you by A Voice You Know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Hello there. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast again. Terrific episode up on tap today. Kind of a shorter episode. Just one guest, but he's a good one. Andy Brown, a British painter, travels the world painting ballparks. He's done all 30 Major League ballparks did it in 2019. He'll talk about that. And I love this conversation, the British gentleman who explains about painting, about traveling, about all the things that he's done and it's a lot. There was uh it was definitely a lot to take in. He's been all around the world quite literally. And has seen ballparks from here to there and there to here. But that's coming up here in a couple of minutes. I love the chance of getting to sit down and talk to him and I was fascinated by the journey and kind of how the ins and outs of the whole thing worked and how he was able to get into ballparks and how hard was that and just different things. But he talks about that coming up here in a couple of minutes. News and notes segment of this show. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but unfortunately that's a lot of what's going on right now. Golf season kicked off. That's good news. Everything else sort of up in limbo, especially the news breaking today that the governor has been tested positive for COVID. Asymptomatic, but who knows what will happen now. Um, as of right now, no spectators are still planned for events, but that's not bothering a lot of schools because they have their conferences or their school themselves say they're going to do online learning and then maybe not even have a season. A lot of that is kind of what's breaking right now and has uh, affected a lot of area teams. Trotwood-Madison, defending D3 champs in the state of Ohio, said so they're not going to play football. They suspended sports and extracurriculars for the first quarter of the school year. Uh, the Toledo Public School System, which runs the Toledo City Athletic League, has also canceled fall sports, which means no Lima Senior Toledo Bowser in Week 1, no Lima Central Catholic Toledo Rogers in Week 5. But Lima Senior did get a uh, burst of big news this week according to Arbiter and the schedules that WOSN has gone through. Levin senior will play in Maria Stein at Marion local on September 4th of week two. get your popcorn ready. Cause if that happens, that's going to be a, an all timer. I think that'll be a terrific game, especially if the Spartans don't play in week one, if they can't find an opponent in the next three weeks, or if there is a season, if there's not a season, I mean, who knows at this point, but that'll be a good one. Uh, Hawaii has become the next of the now 11 states to move their football to 2021 kind of similar to what Division two and Division three have done. they are holding off when I talked to Mark huelsman the girls basketball coach at Ohio Northern University last week on the show and he talked about not being able to play until January but Division two and Division three have canceled their fall sports championships. Right now, Division One football is going to look a lot different. The news that Ohio State will play Michigan in October. October the 24th, to be exact. That happens usually Thanksgiving weekend, but a month earlier, uh, the Big Ten will play 10 games and see how this goes. Uh, right now, again, everything's sort of tentative for the next couple of weeks, but it's running out of time to where things have got to happen or they don't. Bell Fountain was another one of those teams. Affected by the COVID scheduling. And this one was because the Miami Valley League, which came back last year, decided they're going to go to conference games only. So, the on the odd way out had to pick up a home game with Dayton Carroll because Sydney is going to only play league games. The uh, Greater Western Ohio Conference will play their league games week one through seven. Have eight through ten as sort of a makeup or a make-good set of weeks if... Somebody has to cancel or something happens. Uh, Just a lot of different things that are taking place out there right now. One thing that did happen this week for good news, cross-country has been added as a no-contact sport. They're cleared to begin. Uh, Football still up in the air, especially with the news the last couple of weeks. The uh, lieutenant governor met with the Ohio Coaches Association a couple of days ago. Uh, Not a lot came out of that. It wasn't anything big or earth-shaking that uh, is kind of known at this point. But again, three weeks from tomorrow is when high school football kicks off in the area. I don't know what it'll mean for St. Mary's, for instance, because the uh, Dayton Public School System, which controls Thurgood Marshall, was supposed to be St. Mary's Week 1 opponent. I still haven't heard whether that's still happening or not, but uh, I hope so. Because I would like to call some football. Girls golf. Boys golf. That got started this week. A lot of big scores. Or low scores. However you want to look at it. Shout out to the Botkins girls golf team, though. First win in program history. Beat Anna by 23 shots on Wednesday. St. Henry girls won their opening tournament. Beat Fort Recovery, Wapaw, Coldwater, and Salina. LCC girls on the strength of a 68 for Marin Mulcahy. Win the Allen County Tournament. And the Minster girls fall to Fort Loramie by 19 shots. The good news, though, is everybody's able to get outside and get some golf in. And uh, get out and do some things. Like, I don't know what sports means. I'm just going to try to do as much as we can. I'm just going to try to have some football coaches on the next couple of weeks and see uh, exactly what they have been told and see how much it changes in the next three weeks, I hope that on WKKI K94, that there'll be a lot of football for St. Mary's starting in at three weeks. I hope there's football all over the area. One big takeaway from everything is the OHSAA changed their rules in that you can now broadcast Friday Night Football live on video. So there will obviously be a lot more of that coming. A uh, lot of games, though, on the radio. A lot of great radio guys in this area that – We'll take care of that, I hope, still as well. And if you like this podcast, you can now find it on iHeartRadio, one of the many places that we branched out to. Coming up here in just a couple of minutes, I talk to Andy Brown, a British painter. 30 ballparks, and it's about 30 minutes. He is next when we come back here on Around the Hearn. Danny the Dealmaker. Have you ever noticed how Leak Kensel Chevy Buick GMC is a little like a sports team? How so? Well, you got your Lee Kensel team starters, like all of our salespeople. Yeah. And then you got your talent on the bench, ready to back up every one of those starters to ensure that the team wins, like our incredible service people. You know, you're right. A customer can come in, select their favorite, and be on their way in no time. Sort of a pick and roll. Now you got it. See us at 650 West Urban Road. Online at LeeKensel.com and on the phone at 866 Lee Kensel. Back here on Around the Herd, now talking one of my favorite things in traveling. Also, talking about art with Andy Brown. First of all, thank you so much for coming on and, and doing this.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me. It's really nice to talk to you, and thanks for the, the kind
0: invite. I absolutely love your story. I had seen it. We've had uh, some people that we've met in common, some places that we've been to in common. You uh, go around the, uh, around the world nine different countries, 90 different ballparks, and paint the scenes that you see, how did you get inspired to do that?
1: Well, that's a good question. I started, you know, I I lived in, I'm a British guy, as you can tell by my accent, but I started in um, South Korea. That was, I lived there for 10 years. So in, in Korea, uh, baseball baseball's, you know, the number one sport, the KBO is massive. So in my first couple of months of moving to Korea, I've, I'm a big sports fan anyway. I thought, oh, you know, I've never seen baseball before. I knew, you know, I knew a little bit. I, I'd kind of, I think I'd had a Mets cap when I was a kid and all this sort of thing. So I thought, oh, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see a, see a ball game. And then um, went, to, went to my first one in Busan. It was the Lotte Giants at Sajic in their stadium there. And, um, and that was it. And that was, that was my first experience. Loved it. It was just incredible. Sat in the outfield. Uh, it was right in right field, um, and loved it. In, in Korea, it's 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 noisy. It's very loud. There's a lot of cheering, a lot of singing, dancing. You know all the good things for you know food, beer. Uh, it's brilliant. So so that was so that was where I first got exposed to baseball. And then being a big part of the culture, I just you know it was just it was always on the TV. It was always all the cities and all the places I lived in Korea, It was always there. And I you know I'd go to a ball game here and there now and again. And then after a few years, I started to watch a little bit more and it just kind of got me. It just kind of hooked me and I'd I'd be going to the games anyway and been doing, making little sketches, um, usually just in a sketchbook, I'd be doing a drawing before the game or during the, during, during the game of the players or the field or the crowd or the view and these sorts of little things. And, um, and it just got bigger from there. Really? Um, I was teaching art and design at international schools in Korea um so it was just a thing you know after work head to the head to the ballpark i would do a little painting or a little drawing before the game was starting and then i just got more and more into the game and i wanted to know more about the game and then i decided i wanted to travel more with the game because you know different ballparks different sizes different backdrops and there's all the different team uniforms uh different flags different instruments people were playing in the crowds um and then i just decided right so you know I i was living in busan and then i lived in seoul for a while and and just from those places, I was like, okay, right. There were, you know, there were there were ten teams in the KBO. I wanted to go to the different ballparks and and see what the differences were, see what the similarities were, um, and and record it. So I started painting and drawing it, and then and then I found out about Japanese baseball. So take a holiday over to Japan and for a week or two, I do a tour of Japan like ticking off some new ballparks and I just got more and more into it. Cause it's, it's just, for me, it's endlessly fascinating. It's, it's such got such depth to it as a game as a sport and the culture and how it reflects the culture where you're viewing the game is, is huge. I, I love it. How, you know, a ball game and a ballparks design in Japan is so different to one in Taiwan or China or, or Mexico or Cuba or, or, or the States, you know, everywhere you go, it's, it's different. And, um, And it's just became my, it became my thing. I just started painting the ballparks and painting some of the players. And then, you know, I started a Twitter account and I had my website and I was just kind of tweeting about what I was doing. And it just, um, it just grew, you know, I I started to get some recognition from the players in Korea. And um, then I got some recognition from players in the the MLB who had been in the World Series Um, and kind of, it just, it just grew. And I thought, you know what, I just love doing it and I love traveling and I love seeing the baseball and Meeting the fans and contributing kind of to the game, to the history of the game and the culture of the game, and recording it. All. And um, I decided to make it my life. So, so that's what I did. I, I finished teaching in Korea and career, um, and and then since since that was last that was last June, since then I've been doing it full time and traveling and painting baseball as much as I can.
0: I love that you mentioned the KBO because I was fascinated by. We had a, a guy from near here who was playing over there for the last couple of years, and people kind of trying to adapt and get the game until they got tired of trying to watch live at 5 a.m. Uh, mm-hmm. for our time. But I they didn't necessarily understand kind of the culture of it where why do they have cheerleaders? Why are they up, you know, dancing in the background? And, and I thought it seemed like, obviously, with open parks on TV, you don't get the full thing, but it seemed like that would those games would be a heck of an experience. Oh yeah
1: yeah i i you know i think they're they're all an experience but just in different ways and it, that that's part of the fascination for me is how um how the the way that people celebrate or, or kind of, and, and kind of the, the what the game means to the fans it really reflects the culture around them, or the people, and their 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 mentality and their sensibilities and their beliefs. And you can kind of see that through a crowd, and you can feel it in the atmosphere, you can hear it in the music, you can see it in the way the baseball's being played, um, you can see it in the design um, of the uniforms, the logos, the sponsors. There's 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 a lot that you can see when you look at a baseball game, or you look at a crowd, or you you're in a ballpark. You can you can really pick up a lot of indicators about the people and the culture. And to me, that's 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 amazing. I think it's really interesting to experience that and share that and um, bring it to life on canvas.
0: In two and a half months, just under three months last year, you got to go start in Seattle and end up in Boston. You pretty much got to live every baseball fan's dream of seeing every single park and some minor league parks. In the meantime, is there one of those that maybe more? Then the rest sticks out to you of the of that trip.
1: Um. Well, it's. Really, I mean, this is the question lots of people ask me, and I always say the same answer. So I'm probably going to give you the same answer again. They're all they have all got something always. Fine. They've all got a special uh, a special memory attached or a special feature. Um, I actually started the trip in April because I, I had a two week spring break from my from my employment back then teaching. I had a two week spring break. Um, holiday. So I, I, I did six ballparks or six in, in the MLB in that April time. So the first one I did was Oracle uh, in San Francisco. And that one was kind of always going to be special in the fact that I've been there before, but that was the first of this, of the 30. And, you know, back then I remember setting up and painting this first canvas that I did. And it was opening day. I think it was April the 4th. I'm not sure exactly, but it's, it was early April 2019 and I knew that I was, you know, I knew that I was leaving my job. I knew that, um, you know, this was going to become my life, but I, I didn't know, of course, where that would take me, what would really happen. Uh, I didn't know about all the amazing things and people that I'd meet on the way and the special experiences that I had and the artwork I produce. Um, so Oracle was special just because of that in terms, it was the first one. But, but honestly, I mean, they're all, you know, if I think about the list or I think about the ballparks, there's, there's always something special you can say about them. Um, there was another one that I often reference is the field of dreams I was on the way to, um, uh, the twins and, um, I stopped at Dyersville to, to see the, the field of dreams, um, movie site and the ballpark there or the diamond there. And that was, that was beautiful. I mean, absolutely incredible. So, um, there was so many special moments. It'd be hard to, it's really hard to pick one, but they were all, um, they're all fantastic and all they're all different ways.
0: When you got to Dyersville and you started seeing the signs and you turned off and went down that random uh, half stone back road, did you kind of question if you were going down to the right place?
1: Yeah. I mean, you you, you kind of, as as I remember it, you get to Dyersville and then you almost kind of come out of town a bit. And it's almost like. Yeah, you just randomly get off the highway. Yeah. You don't really know exactly. Yeah. I don't know. You're just following the GPS, I guess, but you didn't, I didn't know exactly, you know, it seemed a little, it did seem a bit strange, but the strangest thing about that was that when I arrived, the, um, 1919, um, white socks were on the field and I remember looking and I couldn't believe it. I was like, what on earth is going on here? There's all these guys dressed as the 1919 white socks. So I thought, you know, that, um, that I hadn't slept enough or something. There's this <laughs> very strange vision in front of me through the, uh, through the windscreen. And, you've, of course, I got out of the car and, you know, because there was lots and lots of people there and all this. And I thought, well, what on earth is going on here today? And it ended up they were having a exhibition game, like a they ghost player exhibition. must have been every... a Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a Sunday. Yeah, it was a Sunday morning. And I don't know, they, they said to me, I met one of the, the guys who works there, Tucker, and he, he said to me, Oh yeah, we do these like four or five times a year. This is the last one of the year. And it was just incredible. I mean, that was... Um, yeah, it was very special. And, you know, I met, I met the ghost players and got to hang around and, you know, I, sw- I swung the bat and I threw the ball around a bit and, um, you know, it was, and I did some painting. So it was, it was a real magical, really magical place. And that was, that was like many of the places, though. Again, I feel like there's, there was all these magical experiences that I had and uh, just times and moments you shared with people and strangest coincidences and, and okay, things happening, um, which, which, you know, really were, were quite special.
0: I think it's funny because I don't often get to talk to people who have also been to the Field of Dreams. And a couple of years ago, my wife and I went to kind of went on a tour, and kind of for the same reason, we were going to a Twins game. We're going to watch them play the Indians, and we went to the Mall of America, went to see the Twins and Indians, and saw Field of Dreams. Uh, Went to a really good steakhouse in Iowa, but you, you really do you're you're just kind of out there, and it's amazing to me. To look at that place and just kind of you're you're everywhere and nowhere at the same time, if that makes sense, because of how far out you are, and oh, that's just yeah. the one thing that sort of matters at that point.
1: Yeah, I think I think there's a there's a the the you know the light and the weather and the you feel I think exactly what you just said. I I feel like you feel incredibly connected, but also you're completely. I mean, in that morning there was there was a lot of people there for this this game, but in the evening. I was there painting and there was only me and there was a couple of people playing on the diamond at the time. I think, you know, there's almost nobody there. And then I went back, actually, I went to the twins and then on my way back down to Chicago, I stopped again at Hill to do some more painting. And that time at one point, you know, I was there all by myself and it, and the sun was setting. And you know, it was, it, you know, in some ways you felt incredibly alone and incredibly, but you know, like i say in the middle of nowhere, but felt so connected to nature and to the elements. And it was just, it was yeah. amazing, amazing place.
0: Then on the way back out of Iowa, it was just more corn. That's pretty much how it goes for about three and a half hours.
1: That's it. That's it. Yeah, amazing part of the world. It's really, really cool.
0: I love the the other part, and I'm always fascinated by the stadiums, but on your trip itinerary on your website, you went Vegas to the Grand Canyon to Santa Fe. That had to be – I mean, I've been to Vegas. I've been near the Grand Canyon. That had to be an absolutely gorgeous kind of three or four days.
1: You know, I've got to say, I didn't realise that I was still on the podcast. I didn't actually, I didn't go to Vegas in the end. I've been to Vegas before, but originally, yes, I was planning to go to Vegas, but I ended up, I can't remember why now. I think I was going to meet a friend or meet somebody that I didn't, there was a a British baseball fan here was going to be in Vegas. I thought, you know what? I'll go to Vegas and I'll I'll do this little road trip. But it ended up, that I stayed in LA longer and then flew to Albuquerque. It was one of the, I didn't fly much. I flew from like Seattle down to LA and then LA to Albuquerque. And that's where I picked up the car and then rest of it, I drove. Um, So actually it was, but, but Albuquerque and driving through New Mexico, the Santa Fe, Taos, then driving across to, Um, Amarillo, the sod poodles there. Um, yeah, I mean, that part of the world, like New Mexico was fascinating to me as a painter again, went to the, 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 um, the Rio Grande Gorge and there's the bridge there. And yeah, spectacular. I mean, the, 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 again, the light, the, the weather, the cloud formations, it's, it's unbelievable. Really gorgeous.
0: What have you been doing during this lockdown though, with having no ability to really travel to watch baseball?
1: Yeah, well, I was after we see after I left the States. I left the States just about before the World Series last uh, October. I think it just, just about to start. And I ended up, oh no, it had started. I ended up in Mexico. I went to Mexico because I'd kind of been invited down there and, and thought I would um, watch some Winter And so I stayed in Mexico for. Four months or so, five months. I spent a month in Cuba because I thought while well, I'm while I'm kind of in this part of the world, I'll, I'll see some more baseball, see some winterball. So I did all that, and then I came back to the UK in late February, and, and the plan was just to be back for five months. I oh, decided five weeks, and then got, I was going back to Mexico. But of course, of all the lockdown, it ended up that of course you can't go anywhere. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll start doing some after do some painting here. And I haven't been in the UK. or lived in the UK for a long time now. So I'm at my parents' house in Rugby, which is kind of in the Midlands of, of the UK. And they've got a hut in the back garden. So I cleared out a bit of space in that, and then I started doing some quite large scale canvases on of dream teams. I had this, I had this thing that like with the with the COVID and the 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 atmosphere was very, you know, there was there was a lot of fear and a lot of worry, and rightfully so, uh, with the pandemic. And you know, I felt like right. There's there's uh, one of the things that I love about baseball and, and sport in general is how it connects people and brings people together. And especially baseball, my trip when I went around last year, you could really see and feel how in the ballpark it was really when people connected, and 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 it was it was a really great atmosphere. So. I started making these dream teams. So I put out on Twitter, you know, who, who do you think was the greatest right field of all time? And people would suggest, okay, this person, this person. And then what I did was make a poll out of the top few people that had been suggested. And then whoever won the poll on Twitter, I paint onto the canvas. So every day I put out a poll every day, I paint a new player in, in the, the positions and you'd end up with a dream team. Uh, so it'd be like nine players on this canvas um kind of organically building and that was kind of part of the fun part of the challenge of it was that i didn't know who people would select and choose i mean there's some that you kind of went on that you'd expect to go on um but you never know knew for sure so so it was always it was very unusual as a painting and the fact that usually when you start a painting you you know if i go to a ballpark and paint i, I look at it and i, I kind of eye right what are the features i want to put in and where do i want to put them and how is it going to sit on the canvas when you've got nine players going onto one campus, you don't know where they're going to go or who it's going to be. Then you, you you have to kind of use some, you have to go with the flow a bit, I guess, really. So it was kind of, so I've been making these pieces of these um, dream team players. So I've, so I've done one for like an all-time dream team. I've done a Yankees dream team and I've done a Dodgers dream team. Um, so I've been doing these big campuses like that. And then I've been going back to old kind of my sketchbooks that I completed on my trip around the States and around Mexico and Cuba Going back to my old sketches and reworking some of those sketches, making them into bigger paintings. Um, I'm using the time really to try new things and to and to develop new ideas, learn more about baseball myself, learn more about painting myself, um, and just really trying to keep busy. Just, just, just you know, evolving my work, doing my thing, and um, and yeah, and hopefully, you know, I think also with the with the work as it's on Twitter and social media, hopefully it entertains and it it helps people get through the. Um, the unknown and the anxieties of, of this moment that i think we're all going through and you know people get to contribute and be, and again it's part of being that community where you know people can talk about baseball and, and you know talk about who was the greatest shortstop or uh, or whatever else and um it maybe right maybe replace or gives a bit of that normality which i think when sport wasn't on i mean now we've got the mlb back but when there was no sport at all on it was it's was quite a um, you know people really missed it it was, it was quite a whole quite an empty hole in people's lives so Hopefully, it just it just keep pe- kept people's minds off off those things and t- takes takes us all back to those those special memories and those special times and keeps us going and keeps us connected to each other. You know.
0: Well, there's one thing I know about baseball fans, and that you can pick nine guys, and they'll immediately be, "Why didn't you pick this guy? Why didn't you pick that guy?" You know, and it's oh, yeah. I think that's what's great about baseball is maybe more than anything else because there are so many numbers that you're inundated with well, this guy had 12 blah, blah, blah. Like, all right, that's great. But at some point, kind of a personal preference. But I imagine you got quite a few tweets of why wasn't this guy included?
1: Of course, absolutely. Yeah, people got quite angry at some places and some players and all this sort of thing. But I think that's the, that's kind of the beauty of it is the the fact that there, there isn't a right answer. I mean, you can't say who was the greatest shortstop of all time or the greatest pitcher. Because everybody's going to have different ideas, and it's that idea of what what makes a great person the greatest. You know, to me, you know, it, to to one person it might be the batting average. For one person, it might be just there with their childhood hero they saw growing up on the TV, or it might be they had their baseball card, or it might be they met them one time, or you know, who knows? You, you never really know. But we all have these connections to these heroes, to these um, you know, these people we look up to for for all sorts of many many different reasons, and I think that's very interesting. And it says a lot about ourselves and what we value, and um, and yeah, I think there's, there's there's a lot in that, you know. But you're right; it's very there's there's no right answer. It's all you know. It's all um, it's great. It's you know that's that's part part of the beauty. is my dream team, your dream team, and whoever else is is going to be completely different most of the time.
0: I love seeing baseball sort of through a different lens between yourself and baseball, Britt. Of he put up a tweet the other day about basically the seventh inning stretch that sometimes baseball starts or stops in America so that they can sing a song. And it's, it's fascinating to me kind of growing up and baseball is accessible and, you know, Major League is kind of ingrained in you to get to see how you guys view it. And, you know, maybe things are a little bit different through your scope, but at the same time to see how the game is spreading. And it seems like taking off over there.
1: Yeah, in the UK, there's. I mean, we've had. We we're supposed to have MLB in in London uh, in late June or mid June here here this year, and that would have been the second game. Like it was 2019 was the first MLB London game. I was lucky enough to be there painting that. Um, all six hours of it.
0: Sorry, all six hours of it. Every time we have oh, a yeah, Red Sox Yankees it game, it was, it's a day and a half.
1: The first game was, I think, it was the hottest day of the year in the UK, <laughs> and it was very very humid in the stadium, so it was a long. It was a long time, but it was, it was great. And it was, you know, the fans loved it and, and British fans loved it. I mean, people over here are really into it. There's not a huge, huge, you know, it's not like that, you know, football is of cool. us always the, um, you know, football, rugby, cricket, to a certain extent, you know, they're very big sports here, but, but there is a baseball community here and they're, and they're very passionate, very, very um, determined fans. They, they love the game. So, um, so yeah, it's definitely growing here, but I think you know worldwide it is as well. And I think the the, the COVID situation has has brought that up as well. With places like Taiwan and you know the baseball there was the first, um, I think it was the first professional league to to restart. And you know it's great that I mean I've I've travelled to Taiwan and painted the ballparks there and the people there and the baseball there and the um, the country is fantastic. So it was really nice to see. Uh, you know, other places getting it's getting shown and the exposure, receiving exposure, like the KBO at the moment and the MPBs back on as well. So it's it's great that yeah, it's, I mean, to me, it is a global game. But it, again, I guess being an English guy, you don't have the um, we don't have any preconceived ideas so much, or there's or there's, there's less holding us back. I know that with football, for example, when you're brought up on it, or it's more that it's around you all the time from it from a young age to a to the age you are now. There's there's much more. Um, you know, you have your biases and you, you understand you understand a lot, which, which we probably miss. Um, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think in some ways that gives us the chance to be much more open and much more, um, you know, see it as a whole, see it as a much flatter, kind of wider, wider point of view.
0: I love the story. Again, a lot of the website, AndyBrownStadiums.com, tells a terrific story. I, I love the Tony Watson story. Who, when one of the pictures you meet, he's pitching for the Giants. But that's a cool moment for him to purchase two of your paintings that he's pitching for the Dodgers back in 17. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was, that was, you know, that was one of those, I guess, when I started doing what I was doing, I I didn't really. I didn't really. I didn't. I certainly didn't think I'd be doing it now, and I, I, I didn't think that I would have done as many ballparks as I have done, or travelled to the places that I thought I would have. All, all met the people, I guess. So, um, yeah, with Tony, that that was that was quite incredible. I was, I, it was the World Series 2017. I remember being on holiday at the time, so I wanted to watch the World Series. And but I thought I wanted to do a painting, something to do with the World Series. So I did. I did the winning picture. I thought I didn't know. I was trying to find something where i could have a def- definitive kind of like uh player to to pick or paint so uh the winning picture i mean it's, it's a statistic that people argue about the the value of it and all this <laughs> sort of thing but at least it's you know you can definitely know this guy was the winning pitch from that game um so i started painting every winning pitch from the world series and and only won two games i think it was game four and game six if memory serves and I did the paintings, and you know I was putting them out on Twitter. And then it was actually Justin Turner from the Dodgers. He got in touch with me because he'd shown Tony, and Tony wanted to buy the work or, or talk to me about the work. Um, so it was very cool. Like, so yeah, of course it was. It was amazing. So it was really nice. And then I was in San Francisco, and, and Tony signed a ball for me. I got to watch BP, and it was actually it was actually a World Series ball from the um, from the 2017 World Series. So that was really cool. So it was these neat kind of little. Uh, connections and to share, you know, to share what I do, and, and, and you know, I've met a few players now from all the different leagues, and you know, it's really, I love the fact that it's, it's very humbling that they 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 see the beauty and they appreciate what I do, and they 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 see me as being part of it. Some of these players and, and contributing, and I think that's that's what I really love—the fact that I can I can contribute and do my thing and show what i see and the fact that they see value in that is is fantastic to me and yes yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, i'm very thankful for that
0: was it easy at first to sort of uh to get into the stadium and i know there are a lot of you know rules and stuff about getting places yeah. with everything or to contact the teams before or did you ever have any kind of issues with that
1: Oh, there's a huge amount of issues. It was, it was, yeah, no, it's, it's certainly not easy. It's is, is the easy answer. Um, I mean, when I started, there was small, it was in sketchbooks. Um, I was using acrylics at one point. Acrylic paint dries quite quickly. So you can do a painting and you can put it in your bag and it's it's okay. Um, but as the canvases got bigger, I mean, the the, the pieces that I was doing in, in America, and, and in Toronto and, and in Mexico, I guess, they were maybe 28, 26 inches by uh, 18, 19 inches. They're pretty big canvases. Uh, and then, and then and the royal paints, you know, they don't dry for a few days. They'll be very wet. So they're, they're big, wet, tricky paintings. Um, and then you've got an easel. Um, you know, you can't really just take those things into a ballpark. So there was a, lot, a decent amount of planning, a decent amount of planning, emailing, uh, phone calling, uh, just trying to get through to somebody who might be able to help me out and let me in and give me a spot. Um, it didn't always work that they would be able to do that or, I did, or sometimes, you know, I didn't get a response. So then it would be, I'd have to do a plan B. So then sometimes I'd do acrylics and I'd do like a roll of canvas rather than a stretched canvas and I wouldn't be able to use the, the easel. Um, but you, again, I had to kind of adapt and, um, you know, I, I started planning it a quite a long time before I did the trip, but you know, it was still sometimes I'd, I'd be driving. I remember driving. I don't know if it was Pittsburgh, but I'm going to say, I think it was, I was driving to Pittsburgh and I remember the same maybe with maybe going to Cincinnati. I can't remember now, but anyway, I was driving. to I remember driving and I'd be driving five hours or so and I wouldn't know exactly whether the team were going to let me in to paint or not. Um, and that was, you know, that was kind of tricky when you've when you when you've given up your job and you're 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 trying to paint over thirty and you want to be there and paint. You do want to do that, then you know you don't want to miss that one. So so it was always it was certainly yeah certainly not easy. But it, you know it, I've got to say it worked out. Every, every there was never a there was never never such a great problem that I couldn't do a painting of some description. Um, so it was fine. But it was but certainly if if you you know. to to do it wasn't, it wasn't a straightforward turn up and they'll, they'll welcome you in straight away. It's um, yeah. You know, a little little trickier than that.
0: When you start doing this, did you ever think I'm going to end up being a question in trivial pursuit of all things? I mean, for me, like I love trivial pursuit. That's a big thing. It just kind of an oddity of, I'm going to do what I do and just sort of see what happens. And then, your notoriety starts to gain and stuff like that happens. That's, that's got to feel good.
1: Yeah, that was, that was, that was very cool. That's, um, that was actually, that was for some different work that I did. That was, um uh, when was that? It was 2002 here in the UK. I was qualifying. I was, I was graduating from university and it was also the Queen's golden Jubilee. Um, and at the time I'd been doing paintings. I was, I was doing my degree course at the time. I was doing fine art painting and I was painting, uh, pictures of things to do with British society and culture in tea, using tea as a as a medium. And then I ended up making a picture of making a picture of the Queen out of tea bags, like the actual tea bags themselves. And yeah, I made this piece and it was fun the Grease show. And I thought it was okay. I actually didn't think it was it was about a thousand, I remember it was about a thousand tea bags and they're all sewn on, they're all stitched onto a piece of Hessian. So I'd spent a few weeks doing this. It was incredibly labor intensive, but it was, it, I thought it was okay, this piece. And I remember taking it back to my degree show and putting it up on the wall and then it just, everything went kind of crazy. Like there was a lot of newspapers all of a sudden, people wanting to talk to me about my work. And it was, yeah, it was, it was quite, quite something else. And then that was 2002. And then And then I found that like every few years, I'd get an email about that piece of work or a question about that piece of work. Or there was like a quiz show that wanted to use me as an answer for the quiz show. There was like a TV company in Japan. There was all these different people just, just randomly now and again, get in touch and you know, i would do a little thing and that, that'd be very nice, very good. And then it was actually, uh, when I was living in Korea my younger brother came to see me, that was 2010, I think. So that was eight years after I'd made a piece. And he gave me, he said, Oh, I've got something for you. And he gave me this photo frame with a little card inside and, I said oh what is it it looks like a trivial pursuit card and he said well look just read it um and of course you know i read down the questions and the one you know arts and literature it said um i can't remember exactly what it said but it said something like you know what what did artist andy brown make his picture of the queen Elizabeth the second out of and the answer is tea bags um and yeah it was it was pretty stunning you know it's not it i certainly that's part of what I love about painting. What I love about art is there really is no barriers to where you can get to what you can paint, what colors you can use. There's, there's not really any rules. I mean, they technically there kind of is, but also there's not, I mean, you can, you can be free and you can explore things and you can experiment and you can try and you can, you know, you can push things as far as you want or any, any direction you want. And I mean, I like to think that if you're doing it, with good intentions and you're you're sincere about it that you 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 get to have these wonderful moments and experiences and yeah i mean that, that was pretty neat that was that was quite quite incredible and um i never expected that to happen so that was that was that was fantastic and but you know there's so many of those times where things like that happen or, or well not exactly things like that but maybe to you well, no I, 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 no, I don't think that, I don't think things like that. Certainly, things like that don't happen very often. That's that's a that's a pretty rare one. But just there's, there's there's special moments. I think sometimes I've I've been painting and you meet somebody and you have just a really nice conversation. You have a really special kind of shared experience with them. Where well, it just might be a chat on the street. I remember being sat outside Wrigley Field, for example, painting um, the marquee and there were the guys selling the peanuts and the water just outside there on the corner where I was painting. And then they kind of saw what I was doing and then, you know, they came and had a little look and then were having a little conversation and then they'd go away for a bit and they come back and have a bit more of a conversation. And then then by the end, they were all kind of standing around we're just having a really nice conversation. I did a portrait of painting one of the guys. Um, and it was just really nice. It was just a really nice hour or so outside talking to these guys about what they're up to and what I was up to for the day. So, so I feel like with art, it's just nice that you can, it can connect and it can bring people together and you can have these, um, you know, good experience, amazing experiences of all sorts. I mean, it was very nice to have you, to have your name on a Trivial Pursuit card, but it's, um, it doesn't mean everything, but it's, 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 that's nice without a doubt, but it's also, but there's, there's other moments where I've been doing what I do and it's just, it's, it's really special.
0: When the world goes back to whatever normal is, Where have, I mean, I realize this is probably a hard thing to ask, but where is a place or a game or a stadium or what have you that you haven't gotten to yet that's on the top of your list?
1: At the moment, I, dear, I mean, I'd I'd like to go back to see more Cuban baseball and travel around Cuba more and paint more baseball in Cuba. Um I'd like to paint more of Mexico and baseball in Mexico. I did I did a decent I did about just over half of the Winter League stadiums last season and that was fantastic. So I'd like to go back and do more of that. Um, but you know, it's much like what I was saying before about my favorite ballpark. There, there's there's something in all of them, so you know. I'd like to go back. I've, I've done some indie ballparks in in the states in 2018. I was traveling around painting independent baseball. I'd like to do more minor league baseball. I mean, we talked earlier about the Toledo Mud Hens and their stadium looks fantastic. I'd like to go there and paint that one, but it doesn't really matter to me. I mean, I was, I was painting. I was, I was living in Tijuana, uh, Mexico, for a while, and there was just a, a, a small baseball diamonds. Uh, you know, it was a amateur baseball diamond, but I went there on a few Sundays just to paint it. And it was beautiful. And, um, just to, you know, just to get back in a ballpark, uh, whether it's in Japan, Korea, America, uh, Cuba or, or anywhere, really, it, it won't really matter to me. It will just be nice just to get back in, in the atmosphere and just to hear the crack of the bat and, to uh, you know, watch the action. It'll just be, it'll just be really special just to get back to that. So I can't say there's any one place exactly. Um, it'll just be nice just to just to get back into that atmosphere. I think that's, that's what I certainly miss.
0: Well, I, I look forward to the day you come to paint the Ohio ballparks. Uh, I hope that that happens. I hope we're able to hook up and watch a game together. Absolutely. That'd be great. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for coming on here.
1: Well, thanks, Michael. It's been, it's been really nice to talk to you and, uh, yeah, good luck to you all.
0: It's, uh, Andy Brown at Andy B is an artist on a Twitter. Be sure to check that out. And, uh, just see all the cool things that he's been able to do. Are you in Spencerville and looking for a place to eat before the Bearcats play? Well then, head to My Place, 128 North Broadway, for deep-fried mushrooms, chili cheese fries, the best pie around, and soup of the day. If you're in a hurry and just want to order some to go, you can give Doug and his staff a call at 419-647-4062, and they'll have it ready for you. My Place Restaurant at 128 North Broadway in Spencerville, a proud supporter of Bearcat Athletics. And I know I say this every week, but please go out and support your local businesses. Those folks need uh, as much of your support as possible. And you know they make good food, make them fresh all over the area. And there are some tremendous places that are uh, doing that. Though Hopefully, they'll always be there, but that's why you have to buy and support local. I know I do whenever I get a chance. Big thanks to Andy Brown, the uh, British painter who's done the uh, 30-plus ballparks. and Be sure to check out his website as well at andybrownstadiums.com. Check him out on Twitter at, at Andy B. is an artist. I uh, absolutely love the throwbacks that he's doing right now, and he talked about what he's trying to do during the uh, period we're going through right now. If you uh, would like to hear a guest, again, hit me up on Twitter at Michael MichaelHearnPBP. You can email me murn3 at gmail.com, or uh, just leave a comment on uh, any of the platforms that you see the show on. I hope that uh, we're not that far away from the start of sports, and I hope that you have enjoyed this show back next week with a uh, lot of football talk and as we get closer to the hopeful start of the season. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Around the Hearn. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at PBP for more great area content.